You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Let's see here. Oh, hey, Pogues. Um, Sorry, I'm just just doing some dishes before we record, but I figured we'd just start recording now. I don't know, this movie inspired me with this idea that, you know, often when we do an episode, we jump right into the review, but what if we just spent... 20, 30 minutes just doing sort of, uh, just kind of fucking around before we got to it, you know? Um, I, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean out some coffee mugs. Um, I'm gonna send some of my correspondence, you know? I felt uh, like after the, after the cold open, it was like somebody at the studio was like, look, you gotta make people think that they got their money's worth. So immediately have Kate Beckinsale take a shower. <laughs> Like, there's, like, a cold (laughs) open that's really boring and does not make a lot of sense. Uh, And then they cut forward, and, like, within a minute and a half of introducing Kate Beckinsale, she begins to strip directly facing the camera and is looking, you know, good for her. Uh, And then takes a shower, and I was like, boy, this movie knows what we were here for. And then afterwards, they said, fuck you, for the next hour and 30 minutes. And let me tell you how bad a movie has to be for uh, my my podcast co-host Pogues to complain and criticize a Kate Beckinsale shower sequence. I was just that like, is yeah. that is how disappointing this movie ultimately is. She and looked I, I do great talk- when she's in her underwear. I, mean, I give her credit, but boy, if that had been, if that had been an hour's worth of the movie, this movie would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie is fascinating, and something we gotta get to, Pogues, and we'll just talk about it right off the gate. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, our origin story principle in this movie, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, 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 which is that we, we expect to see, uh, the, the, the main concept of the film, typically a hero's origin, and then rise to their heroic power within the first 30 minutes of a movie. It's what you want to do. Uh, some movies nail it, a la Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. Uh, other movies don't get you there until, like, 20 minutes out, <laughs> like Captain Marvel. Um, uh, but this one was certainly one of the latter ones, because uh, Pogues, around the, let's see here, around the 1 hour and 12 minute mark, <laughs> uh, Kate Beckinsale <laughs> enters a storm, which whites the screen out and she's fights against the storm that's it pogues i think that's it that's our that's our movie delivery at an hour and 20 minutes this, this movie was one of like i i had seen this movie years and years ago i remember my uncle told me to watch it because he, like like me finds kate beckinsale to be one of the like most beautiful women <laughs> alive uh, especially in this era uh and so he's like oh you gotta watch it and I think all he remembered was the showers. <laughs> like, I think cause, so. Because yeah. I'm like, I, it, what's funny is I told Ben when we went to watch this again, I was like, I remember literally nothing about it. I just know it takes place in Antarctica. And at one point they're on those like lines you use in case of like a snowstorm. That's all I remembered about the movie. And in rewatching it, I realized that's why I, all I remembered because nothing else fucking happened. Yeah. This movie is so slow and like at one point at the end i looked down and there was 30 minutes left and i was like how can there possibly be 30 minutes left there's only one suspect left (laughs) and i was like what are they gonna do for 30 more minutes i mean and they make the last like to call it a fight scene is really 
putting on airs. It, like, like, they make a meal out of nothing. Like, it is so boring. Like, at one point, I just checked out and, like, got up and started walking around and, like, doing stuff. Because I'm like, I don't care. The guy's going to lose. I don't need to sit here for this. Yeah, I have to concur because, uh, and we'll and we'll get to it as we talk. The idea that 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 individuals have to use these tow lines uh, that they clip to between locations in a ba- in, in an Arctic base, Antarctic base like this because of the conditions was a cool idea in itself. Because uh-huh. which you may remember from to, the thing, because they use yeah, there too. It leads to confusion and disorientation, and there's one moment where they're like kind of playing cat and mouse with the murderer guy and like they're separated and like one of the lines shakes and the other person interprets that you know that's 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 interesting stuff i've never seen something like that in a movie before cool the movie the movie writer thought of that and then uh, put it on a post on the wall surrounded by no other post-its and was like surely i'll come up with more ideas as i go <laughs> yeah i think he was like he was like this is genius and then he was and like, then he woke up he woke up from a bender like a, like like a month later and looked over at his board with just that one post-it still. And was like, oh shit! <laughs> I only, oh, God, I only thought of out. I only wrote two things: one, tow lines; the second one, snow question mark. <laughs> That's all I got. Shit! Um, because that is all. This movie has no act three. It doesn't. It doesn't elevate on that principle. And I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, movie. I lose a little interest in an action movie when every character takes twenty seconds to declip from one line and reclip. The yeah, other. there is a there's like a chase scene at one point where like Kate Beckinsale's being ch- I don't remember what her character's name is, so her name's just gonna be Kate Beckinsale is running yeah. from a like a masked person who's like a killer, and she like gets to the like there's like a metal pole that holds the, the line junction. up in the center yeah like yeah. yeah and we have to watch her like uh, like awkwardly fumble with like a carabiner clip things which are like notorious for being very easy to open and like and close but like are secure like that's the whole premise of a carabiner is it's really easy to open back up and really easy to close back it, it's as if, like, she's trying to open a padlock, and it's like, there's no tension. She's just like, well, the movie has two hours, or, like, another, uh, like, 50 minutes left. So, obviously, she's going to get away. And this is like, there's no, and then, like, he comes up and gets stuck, and it's just, like, waving an axe at him. <laughs> and it's just, like, the saddest fight you could ever watch in your life. Like, it's so depressing. I mean, I like, I like restrictions in fight scenes. It does add some tension to scenes like that. But... This, especially when they redo it like 15 times, which isn't even an exaggeration, it, it, it becomes as if, what if you were watching like a thriller where a killer was chasing their victim and everyone just stopped to tie their shoes every 10 well, What's also like crazy about it is uh, it, during the start of this chase scene, this guy's like running around chasing her. She gets outside and closes the door. She has a gun on her. Instead of just turning around and pulling the gun out and just waiting for the guy to open the door and shooting him, she tries to run away from him. I'm like, you have a pistol. Just shoot him. He's a murderer. Like, there's no... You just saw him. There's only two people at this base. He definitely killed the other guy. It's so dumb. And then I, I was I was like, oh, this is so... I just put down, this is the saddest chase I've ever seen since that chase in Book of Boba Fett. Which, if you've seen it... <laughs> Like a ch- as slow a chase where you're just like, wow, there's zero stakes to this. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of zero stakes, uh, the film, 
the film is so bizarrely structured because you have an interesting setting, Antarctica. There aren't a ton of movies set there, and there aren't a ton of graphic novels set there. Nah, you have definitely, you have, definitely not the latter. You have pretty open range uh, for for finding interesting things. Well, and and, um, and we've seen the idea of like an unknown in a small group of people stuck in the middle of nowhere work really well. The thing is like a perfect example. Like the suspense of the thing is not necessarily that the monster's there. It's like not knowing which person is the monster. And that's where like the and, movie is very interesting. They could have done options. that in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, except could've. for there's like what appears to be conservatively 250 people <laughs> living in this yeah. Antarctic base, which seems like way too many. It, 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 it does seem like a busy cafeteria at like a corporate office. Well, let's... Like it's just it's just loaded with people all the time, including during the sequences when the murderer kills someone and then runs away. So yeah. it's like they're not even being stalked. It isn't like in like a movie where there's like a secret killer, like uh, all the slashers of the early two thousands, like a Scream or I know what you did last summer, where like the killer. Waits until someone's isolated and then kills them and then slips away into the darkness. Like, the killer will, like, chase someone through hallways full of people and no one will be chasing them but Kate Beckett. Yeah, at which point she says, stop him. Everybody's like, look at that. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, what? you guys are horrible. But what's what's amazing, too, is uh, when they first introduced the, like I said, like, the, the high school that's in uh, Antarctica... She's, like, walking through the halls, and I was not really paying attention to the guy who was doing, like, the announcements... Because like uh, this, this I just wasn't really focused, and I didn't realize it until later that it was supposed to be like everyone was leaving, and so they were having a party. But at one point, she's walking down a hallway, and there's just a guy playing like a saxophone. And in my notes, I put, "Who the fuck flies to Antarctica to busk?" Like <laughs> in my mind, I was like, "Are they implying that this guy hangs out at this Arctic research base, hoping people will give him a couple of bucks?" And then I realized later he was part of a band that was playing the Everyone's Leaving Celebration song. But in my mind, that stuck with me for like the first 30 minutes. I just kept thinking, why was there a busker there? Are they going to explain that? I was disappointed that it didn't turn out to be true. <laughs> it's just, he, I'm just passing through. I'm just some yeah. crust punk yeah. heading in from town to town. I'm just trying to get enough money for a pack of smokes <laughs> in Antarctica. I also but that's that like that's, gets... that's genuinely the level of society that appears to be here. Oh, it yeah. isn't like, it isn't the thing with like nine guys. Which I'm, uh, I'm fairly certain there's no Antarctic base that has that many people in it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems like an insane number of people to have. Li- and like the other thing, it's like she goes into her her apartment, and that apartment is bigger than like every apartment i ever lived in <laughs> like and it's in like so you would think like it's antarctica there can't be that much space in this building it's not easy to build there but she has like uh like what would be like a three to two three thousand dollar a month apartment building like apartment you know pokes I-, I may have to i may have to withdraw our complaints a quick google tells me that during the summer months uh uh the south pole has a population of around five thousand people that's Deeply surprising to me. <laughs> That's really surprising to me, but uh, I don't know if they're all in one station. It's just, there's just how deposits. many? 5,000. That seems insane. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- <laughs> that, okay. Well, I guess, you know what? 10 out of 10. Best movie ever. 
you know uh yeah i see also different articles here reference a few like like two two to three thousand but still more than i think any of us would probably expect no i assume they were all like the thing where it's like you go to like a specific area to research and they've built like a tiny connected thing and there's like 10 to 12 people max like 20 people at a station not like yeah i think somebody built like a hilton I, I, it sounds like you could probably imagine there being somewhere between uh, one to, to, to maybe as high as 5,000 people working in the uh, South Pole during the warmer months. Huh. So that is, that is no surprising. Wonder. No wonder it's uh, the ice that said, to the movie's credit, um, or, or to the movie's, to my credit, uh, to our credit, uh, the, the, the South Pole certainly has lots of stations, as is illustrated here. Hmm. And if you want to start the movie in this main facility full of people and then have us go out to a remote station uh, and then have it get complicated. That's probably your ideal scenario because you do want to emulate the thing and isolation uncertainty uh, narrow the cast. So we have a couple of people to focus in on and, and, and assume are relevant. This movie does the strangest thing, which is that the first 20 minutes we meet like conservatively 15 people all of them forgettable. <laughs> what my favorite was, so, like, we meet people, and, like, a couple of them come back. Like, Doc, he's important, which yeah. you get right away. Uh, the guy who apparently runs the station, uh, and he, like, recurs. Uh, the pilot. A, a gross pilot, and then a good pilot. But then also there's, like, a minute scene where a woman explains that, like, what this girl has to do. Now that she's here, she has to, like, chart the temperature change in ice from the 1600s till now. And I was like, is that going to come up later? Cause it's like a shot, like they cut away from the main characters to show this woman. And I was like, Oh, I guess this is the plot. I was like, I don't remember this in there. And no, it's not. They just, they just stopped the movie for a second to, I guess, make a, a reference to global warming, which is really <laughs> like, not very like pointed or helpful. It was just I don't I don't know it was very weird. <laughs> it is it is extremely weird. Uh, this movie has like zero pacing. This um, this movie is not in a hurry to get anywhere, and I think it's because it would have been like a really good episode of like a uh, like Black Mirror or something. You know what I mean? Like uh, something that's just like an hour, and they could have condensed it down, and because it, it's kind of an interesting idea. But its execution is so slow. Yeah, to to run people down through what you can expect from 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 whiteout is a cold open. Get it? A cold open. <laughs> Still got it, guys. Of of Russian pilots crashing, uh, but then, all speaking English <laughs> with no Russian that, that which made then, it very confusing. Straight to Kate Beckinsale's sh shower. Which, some talk with the doc. Let me, some some te some temperature conversations. Yeah, uh, oh uh, my god! There's so much. There's so much. So many conversations about the weather and a storm front. I and, felt like it was like and, that scene in Deep Blue Sea where they keep talking about the tropical <laughs> storm coming, and it's yeah. like you're like Jesus Christ! I got it. There's a fucking storm coming. And then there is like 20 minutes of them being like. Hey, is McMurray back from Delta Zero? I don't know. I haven't seen him since Shaw came in from the cold and brought in the samples from B12. Cool. I gotta head out to Niner Six McMurray and pick up a cargo crate. I'm like, guys, guys, yeah. guys, I feel like 
all I could think about the entire time with the beginning of this movie was I am in the Phantom Menace and we're talking about trade trade tariffs. <laughs> it is wild. Like they go through all this stuff and they're like throwing out this jargon as if like they're ever going it's to explain it. Non and it, it's stop. so boring. And they fly out and there's a body and you're like I was like all right good now finally something's, something's something gonna to happen. connect to. Uh, they, the first murder back. in Antarctica. Yes. That's a neat thing to say, which I don't it's think a is pretty, true. <laughs> It's a pre- yeah I know it's a pretty cool practical effect with like a real bot like a real practical effects body you know so it's like oh it's creepy how did he die he has the surgical thing on him and then the- I'm like all right mystery time let's go but then this is where it gets weird so they fly back to the main base and bring the body in and the guy's like this guy was murdered which spoiler alerts Doc is one of the bad guys so why he tells her this he could have just said I don't know. Uh, definitely died of natural causes. He, he bled to death from the his must leg have wandered, <laughs> Must have wandered out. Yeah, I don't. You know, it must have been one of those weird things where like people go insane in the cold and they start stripping naked and walk out into the cold. You know what I mean? And just been like, oh well, he's like, I think he was murdered, which is just a wild thing because it turns out I think he straight up murdered him. I'm not 100 sure, but so that's weird. Uh, but then she's like, all right, I need this pilot to fly me out to this other base after this guy calls her and says, you got to come out to, like, you know, little Moscow or you know, some Russian base. She gets out there. Then proceeds, we, we find out, like, get, like, jump cuts after they land, that she's already searched half of the place, but is going to go out and search another building. Which is just like, wow, this is fascinating. You guys already knew that this was boring, so cut half of it out, but then left the other half in. Searches the other building, walks in, guy's like his throat has been slit by some killer who they never explain how he got there because there's no other plane there uh he chases her she gets inside and then the killer just gives up even though he's alone with two people in the middle of nowhere he could have like sabotaged their plane so they couldn't get back and destroyed the radios he could have done so many things nope uh then a nato guy shows up out of nowhere and then they, dis- but, but then they decide you to-, to fly to the camp that these guys were from. And from there, yes. they fly to another place where they were doing a grid search. And the least scientific I mean, method I've ever seen in my life. It is just drawing X's. It is beyond a clear example of failure to make an efficient screenplay. Yeah, it, it's just because like the first, like, what would you we say? We meet a thousand, a thousand too many characters. We, we, we hear a thousand too many pieces of jargon oh, and then that is not relevant. And this isn't counting the fact that Kate Beckinsale has this weird flashback, which never comes up. Like, it never, yeah. it doesn't. We keep learning. We find out we that her partner uh, betrayed her, and that's why she's in Antarctica. Yeah. It's like, couldn't it just been she came to Antarctica because it was part of her? Like, she doesn't need a tragic backstory to explain why she's out there. And then, like, at the end, too, it was weird. Like, you know, Doc's like, I wanted to get. Don't I deserve to be paid for everything they did to me? And it's like, who? <laughs> like, they can't force yeah. you to go to Antarctic. It's not you, like you know, what like this is like some and, sort and, of and, police and state. No point further did he did he did he ever express anything in this movie that indicated that he was like Unhappy? having a bad time yes. here. In fact, the beginning of the movie, he's like happily sort of hazing the new recruits to teach them about cold weather conditions and and what what to be concerned about. He's ha- he has them outside while he's like he's like golfing. 
and like having them like stand out with no coats, you know? Yeah, like, to like uh, show them how quickly you can yeah. freeze to death. Which is also he seems to be like a way to teach people they can freeze to death. He seems to be like the old guy instructing everyone on the basics of 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 like life out here. He seems to like it out here to some degree. So the fact that he's like at the end being like, ah, they trapped me here, and I hate it. So I stole diamonds, and and even his connection to the original killer is super tenuous and unclear. But yeah. I digress. The, the beginning of this movie, to, to, to illustrate the people, it would be like in the movie Jaws. You would open on the shark killing a lady. Which they do. And then, which they do. And then in Jaws, you cut to, you know, a little bit of information the, from the seaside finding town. The bo- yeah, the, you find out that there's a sheriff. The, he the, just the, moved here, you, and he's a mainlander. You learn a little bit about his life, like why he's there. Yeah, he's a mainlander. He goes to town. You kind of see him interact with a few people. He, you can, he get an came idea of to his... the place because it's so safe. You, you kind of learn a little bit of his temperament. And then you start discovering the bodies and things start to accelerate and accelerate. accelerate. Imagine that instead of him finding the body They cut to it before on. he moved to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They show him packing up and getting on the ferry. And then when he gets to the ferry, they show him driving to a housing agency. And then he gets to a house. And then rather with him like having an exchange or two in town to get an idea of his character like they do in the movie. What if he just sort of went and picked up his laundry, you know, and, <laughs> and met and met 12 more people. <laughs> and then randomly had flashbacks that were connected to nothing. <laughs> just randomly. And at one point, one of the things that got me that I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, was they flash back to something that happened literally a minute ago in the film. <laughs> yeah. They flash back to something, and like, and it's like most of the scene where she's being chased. It's like we just watched this. This is what I mean. It reminded me of like when I was in high school, and I once wrote like a, I was trying to just pad out a paper because I didn't have enough information, so I wrote yeah. like a fictional thing at the beginning just to fill the like the pages, and it was like they, it just felt like just, they were just like I don't know, just copy and paste that again. They just don't know where to start or where to progress or where to elevate, and it drives me fucking nuts. And especially because if you uh, compare it to the source material, which I read, uh, Whiteout, um, uh, like, uh, I think it's illustrated by Greg Rucka? Yeah, I think so. Or written by Greg Rucka. Oh, yeah, one or the other. Uh, um, And, yeah, it's written by Greg Rucka and uh, illustrated by Steve Lieber. Uh, I I read it, and, and unsurprisingly, it opens on the main character, Cassie, and uh, I, I don't know if there's a correlation to this character. That, I mean, no, I think it's a doctor. La- uh, laying over, like, standing over this body, like, frozen in the snow and being like, the fuck? How did this happen? And trying to, like, work it out. That would be a perfect... To open a movie with, like, a gruff Kate Beckinsale looking down at a, at a, a mangled corpse in the South Pole. That's all I need. Yeah. I'm there, baby. And this Let's is, go. This is something <laughs> weird that I find that happens a lot of times with, like, adaptions of things. Which is like, there's a twist that comes in the movie, and they're like, well, show the setup of the twist because we need to show it. Because in the book, they tell you what happens, but we need to, like, show it. And it's like, yeah, but if you show it at the beginning, it's not a twist anymore. Like, the whole time, you're like, yeah, that guy died because there was something on that plane they wanted. Like, I know it. Can they get to the plane? Like, let's just get to, yeah, I mean, you're just sitting there waiting for them to learn the thing you've already been told in the first three minutes of the movie. Which to me is like, that's like, such bad storytelling and so many adaptions do that where like they don't understand how to like explain stuff that a book explains so instead they're just like just put it at the beginning and and it just completely ruined the surprise but i'm sure that'll be okay 
Yeah, and in this one, it is just, you know, in the trade, uh, FYI, um, she's much tougher in the, the, the trade, which uh, which was uh, illustrated by Greg Rucka when he <laughs> ranted and raved about the failure of this comic. Um, it, it, namely, that they made their, his main character um, uh, weak and helpless, oh, <laughs> which I he, think he is did, pretty he accurate. He did not like the movie, I take it. Now, initially he was a fan, uh, having been involved somewhere in the production process, and then ultimately after it came out, he uh, I think we talked about it in the mini-episode, he was deeply disappointed with the rendition of the main character, Cassie. He thought that was deeply disappointing. And she is she is much tougher. You know, she is like, she makes a joke early on in the comic that um, the, the ratio of men to women in, in the South Pole is like 1 to 200. And so it's like you got to be sort of like uh, on your nose. You got to be like uh, tough as nails. And there is there is flashbacks to uh, what drove her there because she was assigned out there after she uh, 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 killed a suspect in, in in custody who had attacked her um, in retribution. She like a, a suspect got free from captivity and attacked her. And she then like beat the guy down and then the guy surrendered and then she killed him. Um, and so she was, she was moved, shuffled off to the South Pole as a way to get rid of that. So that was a perfectly fine much idea. Better, I don't, much better. I don't know. Back, background too. Because it, it shows her tough as nails, you know, it kind of puts her there. It's a cause for her to be there. I don't know why this like double crossing needs to happen. I guess the movie wanted to establish she doesn't trust people, which is why she kept not trusting like this random federal agent that she's well, they, working they with. They try so hard. I mean, like when that guy showed up. The movie might as well. Somebody might as well have been. I like have just come out and been like, that guy's probably the bad guy. Like they try so hard to make you think it's him that you're like, well, it's definitely not this guy because you're trying so yeah. hard. And too then, way too hard. And then they try to like manufacture this weird tension between her and her boss, where it seems like they're like trying to imply maybe he has something to do with it because he's like, I'm gonna evacuate the base because I can't leave these people stuck here for six months with a possible murderer. And she's like, you just don't think I could do my job. And it's like, no, I think his statement was pretty, I think that's good advice. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you shouldn't stick people somewhere for six months where they can't get out with a murder. I feel like that's just, that's good work on everybody's part. I, I don't know why anybody would say, no, make them stay. But they, like, try so hard, and then they keep trying to, like, build up, like, he's doing something. And it's like, yeah, I, I know it's not him. And it's like, obviously I know it's Doc, because the whole point is, like, you've already forced it down my throat that her partner turned on her and doc's the only person she has a connection to so this is just really lazily written i it, it was really bad uh i like the, the there's no twist because they mail it right in. yeah because there's only four functional characters in the entire fucking story even the even the killer you you barely have a clue yeah, when they, when, how he when they show he his connects. face i was like am i supposed to know who this guy is <laughs> like when, Sorry, they, when they showed his face yeah. i was like had he not had an, had he not said that he was Australian, I wouldn't have known who he was even then. I was like zero. I was like zero fucking connection. I was like he's just some to... random white guy. I was like he must have been one of the people in like the dossier, and I wasn't paying attention. And then when he was the pilot, I was like, oh, how'd they not hear a plane land? You know what I mean? Because like the, the whole thing is they keep talking about. I was like the only way to get around is either like a like a snow cap, but you can only go so far, or a plane. So I'm like, um, planes make a lot of noise. <laughs> Like, yeah. and you can't hide them in Antarctica. It's like you can, like, pull them behind some trees. So it's like, when they got there and the pilot had murdered that guy, at the end I was like, wait, how did that dude get a plane out there and no one saw it when they landed? Because he was already there. So, like, his plane was somewhere out there. It was just really, really dumb. 
we also end up in this sequence where we finally find the meat of the story. And again, we're like halfway through the movie when this happens. And which is that there's meat a... is real. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has about as meat as a, to- as a, as a crunch wrap supreme. <laughs> it has as much meat as like a tofu dog. I mean, there's just nothing to it. It has as much of what the government would classify as meat as an American hot dog. Yeah. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. It was so. Uh, yeah. It is the it is this Cold War plane that crashed. And what bothered me is that she has a brief Sherlock moment where she's working out. Oh yeah, how somehow she like this plane went down. Which you know what? That's fine. But don't give me the cold fucking open. Yes. You showed me the yeah. spe- what they, happened on the plane. Then they flash back as she's describing what happens she, to the cold she, open. She might as well be just watching the opening of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and then they make you watch it again as if like you forgot. I don't need to see it. It's way cooler if you get on a crash plane and she's like this bullet hole it, it, it came from inside the plane into the cockpit. And then she, like, you know, sees the dead pilot, and she's like, I wonder why they would shoot at each other while in flight. And, like, work it out. Yeah, and, and then, then like, find, the and find the missing diamonds. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and have little little snippets of the flashback. And I'm like, that would be cool. And, and you're like, oh, Instead of a very confusing yeah. opening that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't, doesn't connect back to the story until 49 minutes into the movie. And honestly... Only seeing that in flashbacks would have made it way less annoying because, like, his plan is to shoot these people, and instead of giving them vodka and then, like, walking to the back of the plane and waiting for them to look the other direction, he pulls out a gun and shoots the one guy who can't fire back but doesn't shoot the guy who's holding his gun. I was like, why would you shoot the dude you you dropped the bottle and he bent over? You shoot everybody else first. They have, like, zero plans. Yeah, it's It's, just so dumb. Really ridiculous. And I also don't know who is who. Someone's they were all Russian, just there. but like two of them weren't. Maybe no. Or they all they never Russian? explained it. I think it was just they wanted to steal the diamonds. I guess so. Um, and, and during this sequence, uh, uh, as they're in this underground, also, they never like, explained was... why they were flying over Antarctica. Yeah, Antarctica, which is not really a shortcut I, I, to anywhere. I think flights do go over Antarctica to some degree. Really? Maybe the argument is that Cold War planes were doing it to like avoid detection. I don't oh, know. maybe. But but. We get this sequence of them in a plane that's like under the ice shelf because it crash landed, and um, the, the 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 scientists dug a tunnel down and stole the diamonds and then started killing each other over the diamonds, um, and we get this sequence where they're they're trapped as in like I don't know what they think happens like I guess an earthquake like Th- that's the thing collapses like, the tunnel uh, it's wind blows something? and all of a sudden way more snow than was because the whole thing they're walking on is ice so I don't know where the snow comes from I don't know and they never explain from. yeah and that's like no, it, that was just one of the many parts of this movie where I was like couldn't they at least have it been like they should have cut to like a scene where another dude drove up in a bobcat and like threw a blasting cap at the hole to cave it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the killer, and been like, keep, oh, keep okay. up the keep up the threat of everything happening. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Keep like some sense of, and then been like, oh, he's been following them this whole time somehow or whatever. But instead, it's just like, I guess it just happens. And then thank God that there's like a pressure sealed thing that like explodes out so they can get it. And it's just like I don't care. Like even when they were stuck in there, like we're gonna die. I was like, I wish. I really wish that you guys, your characters would all die and they would follow a different group of characters for the rest of the movie. And, and even that makes less sense because when they're standing in there doing nothing, some it, 
the entire ice shelf seems to collapse onto the plane, indicating to us that it's vastly unstable. And then they explode. <laughs> they explode a chunk of the plane up through the ice. And they're like, perfect. Now we have a hole out. All I can think of was like, no, now more is going to come in. <laughs> if it's unstable, you can't explode stuff through it. <laughs> like, it's going to be more snow now. Yeah, I, I uh, cannot I mean... figure out how that worked. I was like, I think it would just, all the explosion would go back into the tube. And to be clear, in the comic, there is no sequence in which they, like, end up in this plane. Like, they, they just understand what happened. And there are sort of, like, sides taken and people you know, uh, 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 coming to conclusions about each other. It's all just sort of like a murder mystery, like in the facility um, with, 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 with a couple characters that are written out of the movie for some reason and bad characters that are written in. But yeah, we don't spend any time with this stupid fucking plane uh, because by the time we get back, we finally get uh, the sequence where Kate Beckinsale loses her fingers, um, which I'm surprised they actually did because that's, that happens right away in the, in the comic after she's attacked the first time. Uh, when she gets back, they amputate her fingers. But in this one, they waited a while, and I, I thought to myself as watching the movie, they're just not going to do it. It's Kate Beckinsale, right? They're not going to, like, lop off some fingies, but some surprisingly, they, surprisingly they, they went for it, uh, which which is at least interesting. You know, it's like a, a moment for her character to do a little emotional work, I guess, um, before, <laughs> before, again, the, the, the point of this movie is it's not the thing, right? We're not constantly wondering who the killer is because it's telegraphed a mile away. So what it, what it should be is a murder mystery, which is that um, we're we're you know we're in this place where we're not just constantly wondering, you know, like is one of the nine people the killer? You have to have her like finding clues and tracing things backwards, which again they've ruined at this point because uh, she's just pointlessly attacked, fingers lost, goes to the plane. <laughs> relives the opening sequence that we already saw yes and and then the the entire plot is explained by a scientist that just shows up in her room then pointlessly runs to his own death yeah <laughs> so it's like she's not doing anything she's not she's not hunting down you know uh 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 richard kimball in fugitive and like following interesting clues and like we're leading through this mystery She's not jawsing it. We're not learning this like character who's more full of wit and less full of you know um, uh, uh, of selfishness, like the characters in the jaw, you know, or any other murder, or like or this mystery or thriller or anything like that. She's just reacting to people who show up and tell yeah. her stuff. <laughs> She's basically just there, like it'd be like if in a Sherlock Holmes movie, the person just came up and was like, "Here's how I did it. These are the clues you should look for." Like, oh, okay. So there's no, like, yeah, she's not a particularly good agent. She never really figures anything out. She's not, like, good at fighting. So you're just like, she's just sort of bad at her job. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, which is sort of like an odd person to base a movie on. And I'm glad I mentioned Jaws so many times because I also thought about Jaws during this movie, which is that when she gets back after some of the incidents that have occurred, like being trapped in the plane and, like, the the, the double murder that just took place, uh, the guy killed. Uh, uh, like multiple people back at the other station and then kills this scientist just out front of the doors of the main facility which again yes. as we've learned has, has has thousands of people in it he kills this guy <coughs> as as this guy is like running through trying to get out he like comes out as if he's like the killer and I still know what you did last summer 
Like he yeah. just appears and just, just starts appears. stabbing him in the back, and then they run outside, and no one knows what's going on. And I'm like, this is so stupid. And it's and it's super confusing because the scientist participated in the diamond heist, the diamond theft, I should say, and he knows who's involved. There was like four of them who like went down in. He probably knows the doctors involved. He knows the Russian, the Australian guys involved. Um, the he knows the guy that's like. That we found dead at the beginning of the movie was involved, and that he was involved, like, I don't know, someone else. He knows who's involved. So when he's at the facility, he doesn't have to run. Like, Kate Beckinsale doesn't know who it is. He knows who's he's, probably But he's running because he thinks she's going to arrest him. Which I is, guess. like, fine. It, it is also like, you're in Antarctica. What's, where are you going to go, my That dude? was the part <laughs> that was confusing. Was he started running, and I was like, wait, where's he going? He see, no, but he's like, he can, like, run outside life. and go to a different base. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he's afraid he's going to be killed by the guy. Yeah, like, but he's I'm like, like afraid she's going to shoot him. Just tell him who the guy is. Oh, I guess, though, he runs because sick. Doc opens the door, and maybe that's what freaks him out. Maybe, but he could just but again, tell them really what he knows. That. Yeah, he could just be like, you know? oh my god, it was Doc and that Australian pilot who's a perfect. But he, like, he runs out into the open with no coat. And is then instantly killed. Well, he's putting or otherwise... on his coat, and then is stabbed. Right, when he's stabbed, yeah. Again, he has no... Point. He's a scientist. I don't, I don't care. The whole thing is but, just <laughs> fucking dumb. But the part that bothers me is that Kate Beckinsale, after three people have died at the station, which again is established, no one's been murdered here before. It's all been, I assume, deaths from people like freezing to death or whatever. She goes to the guy in the main facility and then like, um, we should get everyone out of here. There's a storm coming in here in like another day or so, and three people have died. And she's like, why won't you let me do my job? Yeah. And I'm like. Sorry, Kate Beckinsale, are you doing a reverse Jaws here? <laughs> like, yeah. this sensible NPC is like, hey, there's been multiple murders. We yeah, don't have a significant earlier, culprit. They like, try to make this thing where it's like he do- he thinks she's not good at her job, which they never build up. He's just like, there's a murderer on the loose. I can't leave 50 and people she's like, here I have no way to leave. She's like, I have to solve this. And I'm like, it's a pretty simple thing. You fly back to mainland where there's safety, and you conclude what you <laughs> what can be concluded. Like you shouldn't stay at a facility about to enter its most dangerous territory, put everyone in this facility at risk from a murderer when you could just leave. Like it's yeah. not like the thing where it's like we can't leave because then the thing will get into the population and we'll all die. Yeah, yeah. And- and it's not like there's like a secret virus in these canisters. It's diamonds. <laughs> like, like this, this is like, this is also what got me is at one point um, they have these canisters. They think and and they need for the audience to figure out that they are not full of whatever valuables. And she's like, "Well, I'm going to open them." And he's like, "Yeah, but what if they're radioactive?" And she's like, "Well, the Russians would have marked them, right?" And he was like, "Maybe." And then she opens one. It's like, what if that had been plutonium? That's it. You're, you're you've just given yourself cancer. You're gonna die in like weeks. You know what I, I mean? Like I, I, she I just opens it up, and I was like, I was really hoping. I was like, I hope it's uranium or plutonium, and they both die for being fucking morons. I would have really liked her to have looked looked at her 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 partner there and been like, it's worth the risk, and then open it up, and there's like a bright green flash, and then she just closes it quickly and goes, ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Do you feel like your cells are dividing at an alarming rate? Um, yeah, and then the big reveal again—it's—it's it's just like a bunch of diamond. I Uncut don't cut diamonds, a sh- which I also, don't honestly, too, too. Like fucks. that was probably—they like, don't belong. 
to anyone. Let the doctor fucking. Ha- I don't care. Yeah, had it not been for the murders, <laughs> but it's also like just, it's also confusing because care. like in my mind too, I was just like, I mean that's like a lot of diamonds and they're uncut, but that's probably not that much money. Diamonds aren't worth like that much anymore. You know what I mean? Like it just seems odd. I don't know. The the whole thing was just the plot was dumb. The twist was not a twist. And then she just like lets the doc at the end. He's like, well, I'm going to go out and look at the Aurora Borealis. It's like, well, it's like 1230 in the afternoon. So I understand you're killing yourself, but couldn't you at least wait till night? <laughs> like, so you could actually see him. And he just walks out and freezes to death. And I was like, what a dumb ending. And then it shows them. And this was the part that I found very – this, like, just made me scratch my head at the end. was, like, she's walking around, and it's just the three of them, the pilot who was wounded, the NATO officer that she wants to bone, and her. And she's like, I'm going to go do the rounds. And I was like, the rounds for what? But I guess she's, like, just examining the outside of the building. And she walks out, and she looks up at the Aurora Borealis because the doctor told her she should look at it. And it's, like, the nicest, calmest – Antarctica's looked in the entire movie, and it just made me think, why can't they fly somebody? <laughs> like, why is it that, like, once winter comes, they can't go back out there? Because it seems really nice. It was very dumb. I also love, did you catch what the code was to her gun safe? No. 1212. 6969? Oh, <laughs> I wish it had been 6969. Six, 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 <laughs> the year my parents got married. June 6th. <laughs> Uh, well, Pogs, I have I have very little else to say about this movie except for one thing I wrote down. It was really cool when a character said, uh, "I've I was served in Afghanistan and now I'm in a different desert, a cold desert." Yeah, we traded one desert for another, but colder. It's like, oh, come on, who wrote that? I also like when that guy his earlier line was he was like, he was like, "Oh, did you serve in the military?" And he's like, "Yeah, what you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I ran supplies in Afghanistan." He was like, "How about you?" He's like. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does that mean? You can't say where you were? Like, just say, yeah, I was in Iraq. Or, yeah, I mean, it was just like, they built it. There was like so many things that seemed like they were supposed to mean something, and then they just never come up. Yeah, as far as I can tell, that was supposed to be him being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a black ops guy, you know? You can't, you can't be sure what I'm going to get up to. But you he know? was terrible uh, at his job, too. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was really awful at his job. Uh, everyone was bad at their jobs. Yeah, this movie <laughs> should have been called "People Who Shouldn't Be Employed." Again, why it was frustrating to watch the entire time, and, and, and you know the the cat and mouse fight sequence with the killer, like again, could have been cool. There were some decent ideas. The storm's raging; they're on those lines, but it just it just spent. 90% of the time with them clipping and unclipping <laughs> it got really really boring and then at the very end there isn't really a final fight because the doctor just says alright <laughs> dubs and then walked out the back door yeah he's like peace gonna go freeze to uh, death which seems like an and, odd way to kill yourself and then uh, end of movie bye Tom Skerritt yeah. <laughs> <Now, laughs> good old Tommy Skerritt I did, I did see this while we were talking and this gives me hope did you know they made a comic book sequel to Whiteout called Whiteout Melt? Which means they can make another movie, Ben. Ooh, get Kate back in the studio. She's she's definitely at a point in her career where she would probably do it. Yeah, she's got nothing else going on. <laughs> nothing else going on. Oof. Well, I guess let me just look through my notes here. What do I have left? This movie's really dumb. 
why are there so many flashbacks? Let's see, I wrote here. <laughs> I know why this movie's called Whiteout because it's what they should have used on the script. <laughs> why would somebody have paid money for the rights to this? Sorry, no, I, I, I cut, I crossed that joke out. <laughs> I should have said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you crossed it out. It wasn't very good. 